Welcome to Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're discussing Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 13, Such Sweet Sorrow, Part 1. This episode was written by Michelle Paradise, Jenny Lumet, and Alex Kurtzman. Michelle Paradise has also written the Season 2 episode, Project Daedalus, she has also written the final episode of Season 2 and will be joining Alex Kurtzman as the Season 3 showrunner. Jenny Lumet is also on... Ah, let me do that one again. Jenny Lumet has also got a writing credit for the final episode of Season 2, and she wrote the short trek Runaway. And then, of course, Alex Kurtzman is the co-creator of the show and also wrote uh, Runaway. This episode was directed by Olatunde Osunsanmi, who has a whole bunch of directing uh, credits so far. I actually think he is the most credited director for Star Trek Discovery. So his directing credits are The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry, What's Past His Prologue, Point of Light, Such Sweet Sorrow, and then also the finale episode for Season 2. And he also directed the short trek Calypso. Cool. Yeah. So, Jen, Mm -hmm. did you like this episode? Both yes and no. So, I recently signed up for a free streaming TV service through my internet service provider, partly because it came with the option of getting the Space Channel. And I was like, oh, I could actually watch Star Trek earlier then. And I finally figured out how to line up the schedule and watch it live on Thursday night as it aired. But when Space aired it, they did not air it as part one. And what do you I mean? Like, it was just such sweet sorrow. Okay. That was the episode title. Okay. And so I really didn't like it. I was like, this is like, there's nothing happening. There's like all this lead up and it's not going and like, and I was super frustrated and annoyed that it was just this big heartfelt goodbye scene. And then when I watched it again on Crave, and it was like Such Sweet Sorrow Part 1, and I was like, okay, well, it makes more sense if it's a part one of two. Oh, see, that wouldn't, that would not change my opinion about anything, because it's still, either way, there's one more episode. Like, I don't, I don't see why that would matter. Well, I expect the episodes to, like, have a certain, like, structure and pacing if they're gonna be their own thing, even with a streaming show. Each episode sort of has what it's about, and I expect it to sort of come to a certain, like, conclusion, even if the story continues. I expect certain events to kind of be wrapped up within it. I might expect that, too, in every episode except the second last one. Like, even if it didn't say part one, I would still be like, yeah, that's fair. Okay. So anyways, I didn't like it as much when I was watching it live, but then when I rewatched it, I appreciated it more. How about you? Um, I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah? I didn't... I mean, I watched it on Crave, mm-hmm. and so I knew the part one thing, so I don't know, maybe subconsciously that did affect my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really loved almost all of the character moments in this. Um, I loved the... I liked how they brought everything together that we were... kind, Or they brought some of the things together that we were upset about before. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. I just really liked it. It was good. Okay. Oh, I li- I really liked seeing um, the Enterprise and how they made it look, you know, like 
like it's from the 60s, but still shiny and new, you know? Yeah. This episode I found to be really visually beautiful. Mm -hmm. There were so many scenes that I, when I was rewatching, I was trying to pause and get screen screen captures and stuff like that. I think I have like eight, Mm -hmm. which I think is the most I've taken for a single episode of Discovery. So in terms of visual effects, I thought it was really, really good. And a little bit, a few annoyances with the the writing and the plot. Uh, There was a few things in it that were definitely not my favorite uh, devices that they used. But overall, I, I did kind of like it as well. I thought it served its purpose well. There were a couple things like the going to the planet and bringing back the lady from the short track. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like that, but then I think that they handled it really well, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shall we do uh, a bit of an overview of the episode here? Yes. Okay, so this episode starts off on Vulcan where they use the uh, Katracon again to let uh, Michael and Spock's parents know that there's some kind of trouble. Then we get lots of scenes of everybody like packing up and preparing to abandon ships. And the Enterprise is there and they have some really cool shots there. Michael is wondering why they brought them to get the time crystal, what's going on. And then, for some reason, she decides to grab it with her bare hands, and she has all sorts of visiony things. Then, naturally, they go over to the Enterprise, and the ship fails to auto-destruct. And Michael gets a vision there that basically tells her that even if they try and attack the ship and blow it up from the Enterprise, it's not going to work. Things are going to go very, very badly. So she says we need to, like, just send it to the future with the time crystal. And then they go through a briefing about rebuilding a Red Angel suit for Michael to take into the future and have Discovery follow her there. Another signal shows up and they go over to the planet Zahia and we see Poe come aboard who was in the short Trek runaway. And she helps them figure out how to charge up the spore drive and do the sciency bits that's going to let it all happen. And they realize that Michael's not going to be able to jump back because the time crystal is going to burn out. So then she has to say goodbye to everyone. And then, surprise, surprise, a whole bunch of the crew decide that, no, they're not going to say goodbye. They're going to go with her. And uh, then they basically, the rest of it is going to get ready for battle. Yeah. So, okay. Before we get into it, Mm -hmm. I have a question. Okay. They get Discovery out of the picture. Let's say. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. What are they planning to do with Control then? Because it's not just going to be... Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just going to give up. That is one of my big questions about this. Also, one of my big questions about this is that Control is kind of controlling a fleet of 30-ish ships. 30 to 40 ships. I thought we decided it was 31. I think I think I read that... In one I of am the joking. That- <laughs> I, I, I am joking. <laughs> You don't need to answer me seriously. Okay. Carry on. Okay. Anyway, so they're in control of these ships, and what's to stop them from sending the ships out to attack planets and try and still destroy all sentient life, even without the sphere data? Like, that's its goal. Like, it can still do that without the sphere data. Yeah, I get, like, th- I get that maybe the A-team needs to be focusing on 
getting the 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 rest of the sphere data because oh, like it has over half the data already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I get that you know we got to have our point people on getting the other data out of there, but maybe there could be like a B team. <laughs> That's you know, worrying about the rest of the implications of this. Trying to figure out how they're actually going to physically stop control. Right. You know, maybe Saru could be running that. Maybe. I if, don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if the fan movement to get Pike his own spinoff show goes ahead, that's what they'll do. You know, he'll continue on this mission against control and the Discovery will be doing future shenanigans on their own. I would. Honestly, if that's what happens, if like the core crew ends up in the future with with the ship, mm-hmm. I would love that. Except I don't want them to separate the space booze. That's the one thing. But because he wasn't, he wasn't part of the team that decided to stay, or uh, he wasn't. Yeah. So, although I could easily just see them like having him like be in sick bay, and after all, and him be like, I realized I couldn't leave you behind. Yeah, we were just going to do this for tension. Um, so do you want to go through it uh, like a beat by beat? Uh, sure, we could do that. I did really like the opening shot mm-hmm. on the beach. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. It was very pretty. Although, um, like, I know they film in Toronto. So I'm just like, that's probably like Ontario, which is not that pretty at all. But Or the beaches aren't. Right. So I did have that in my head, but it's fine. Um, I know. I was. I, I have a book that's like the planets of the Federation. And I'm, I haven't gone through to look at it yet, but I, I know Vulcan is in there and I just kind of want to go through it now and be like, is this really like feasible that Vulcan would have this much water? I always think of it as a desert planet and mm. it's just, yeah. Well, they're not restricted anymore by filming in LA and beside LA. Well, this is true. This is true. Um, so yeah, that was one of the super pretty shots. And it had the whole, like, use of the Katra summoning him. And I was a little bit confused, actually, because I sort of had the sense that they were going to had less time to abandon the ship. But I, what I assumed happened was they did jump or warp somewhere right. away from the ships that were surrounding them mm-hmm. and met the Enterprise there so that they're just like they know Leland and Section 31 can catch up, but they're just trying to stay ahead while they make plans. Right. That's because that makes sense. That is true. And then my next note is when Michael was like staring at the time crystal and Pike comes in and she just seems so reluctant to actually go through with destroying the ship. And I was like, dude, it was it was your plan. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But and then and then she grabs the crystal, which I actually kind of liked that. I thought that that was a very Michael thing to do. Not a very smart necessarily thing to do, but it was a very Michael thing to do. Yeah, I again, I was a little confused. Like, did she I guess it was intentional. Yeah, she felt like they weren't uh, doing the right thing and she was like, maybe this will show me the right thing to do. So she grabbed it. Right. They went over to the other to the Enterprise and mm-hmm. for some reason, I honestly thought that like Michael had stayed behind and maybe she was a hologram or something for a bit because that seemed like a very Michael thing to do. And then when the ship didn't destroy, I was like, see, Michael's still there. But then they're like, no, it's a sphere data. And I was like, well, I guess that makes more sense, actually. <laughs> I like your your alternate theory, actually, that uh, 
that would have been a good twist. Because, again, I was also like, okay, so the data wouldn't let you copy it. Or, like, move it or delete it. Well, it was going to let them move it to the suit. Right. But that's, that's it. That's the only thing it was going to let them do. Yeah. So I was like, what makes you think it's going to let you, like, auto-destruct the ship? Anyway. Um, but it gave everybody a chance to be, like, getting their belongings and choosing what's most important to them and things like that. Right. Yes. And to show some really cool special effects of, like, the ship tunnels extending yeah, the, from... And those were good. Yeah. I'm glad they weren't, like, beaming people over five at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense for ships to have those for, like, when it does go to, like, space dock. Right, yes. Just to let people, you know, walk on and off the ship, so. Yes, that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I did like Michael's epic eye roll when Giorgio showed up on the Enterprise. <laughs> that was good. Right. Giorgio had a lot of really good moments she in did, this yes. episode, actually. A lot of her super snarky commentary about things and yeah which actually is one of the next scenes where they're talking about rebuilding the red angel suit and or was it in that one yeah yeah yeah, no and then she's just like oh we'll just fire a a missile into a supernova (laughs) into a red dwarf and trigger a supernova and everybody's like no bad she was like i thought there were no bad ideas yeah and then everyone's like no no that's a bad one that's a bad one (laughs) yeah i did enjoy that very much. That was good. So they can't destroy the ship. They decide to rebuild the Red Angel, figuring that it... Oh, wait, there's two, and one actually is Michael. Right. So that neurobiological whatever mm-hmm. thing that they got beforehand was from the Michael Angel, not the Mom Burnham Angel. That's right. And then they figure that Michael was the one sending the signals, and so there must be some sort of design and pattern to it. Yes. Which... I was actually really thankful about this. Yeah. Because it made me feel so much better about the whole, oh, it's definitely Michael. Oh, it's not Michael thing. Yeah. Yeah. I did feel better about that. And I'm I'm glad it wasn't like some conspiracy that Michael's mom was the person behind the signals, but for some reason she was lying to them. And so I'm glad it's just that like, oh, future Michael obviously has a plan to save everything. And these signals are trying to lead them along the way. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that part. And then they another signal appears, and right, yes. I like that number one has already been retrofitting the shuttles for battle. She was really good in this. Yeah. Does number one have a name? She never got one in the cage, and I think that they are keeping her as number one as sort of an ongoing nod to this. Okay. It Maybe seems- she'll get a name yeah. next episode. Maybe it'll be like a... Right. You know, but we'll see. Maybe she'll die and... We'll see a name. I'm actually a little worried about people dying in the next episode, but we'll see. Uh, they well, go. I mean, eventually they have to give the Enterprise like a brand new crew, basically, right? Well, yeah, but sometimes people just transfer, Kate, and that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm I'm a little concerned about uh, Jet Reno. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, what, what's going to happen? Or like, uh, you know, is Culber going to die? Is Tomet's going to die? I, like. No, they wouldn't do that. There was such a fan outcry about the killing your gays that That's, they yeah. they wouldn't. They're, yeah. they, they, those are the only two we know are safe. Yeah. 
And I mean, it's not like uh, Stametz has shown himself to be incompetent in areas outside of spore propulsion. So he, he would be useful still. I mean, it would be kind of funny if they killed Hugh. <laughs> in a very dark humor kind of way. Like after everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, nope. Yeah. Remember that real bad episode we had? No reason for it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, them going to Zahia. I thought was really good. We got some really cute, awkward Tilly. And the planet itself of Zahia is so gorgeous. Yeah, when they first brought that up, I was like, oh, God, this is terrible. But then the way that she, that Poe showed up and all that, I, I really liked how they did it. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed <laughs> the character of Poe. Mm -hmm. So my, at one point, she and, and Tilly were talking you mm -hmm. know when they were setting up the thing charging the time crystal and everything and mm -hmm. they were making eyes at each other my note here is really just says just kiss <laughs> and i think they should to be no, fair my note before that also says just kiss but that's about colburn's demand saying goodbye yeah <laughs> so i have two lines in a row that are just kiss i was like can they just go to the captain and get married real quick and yeah. like get <laughs> can we skip to the happily ever after um, yeah, I don't think that Poe is there to be, well, I mean, it would be cute, and I love how there is that potential, but I also think, like, is this potentially going to be a jealousy thing for Michael, where, like, Tilly has this other brilliant friend that... I don't think so. I don't think Michael has ever cared enough about Tilly, <laughs> which sounds terrible, but... So much of Michael is basically ignoring that Tilly is there. Like, <laughs> so much of Michael's storyline, sorry. So, I don't think they would do that. That would be the worst writing in the world. Like, hey, I've ignored you this whole season, but screw you for having a new friend. Well, now Ash is going away, right? She won't have him. I don't think Spock is going to end up coming to the future with them. So then she's going to go back to Tilly, and Tilly's going to be hanging with her friend Poe. And Michael's going to be like, oh. I mean, her, her girlfriend, Poe, is fine. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what season Michael three doesn't brings. strike me as a jealous person. If anything, oh. it would be like, oh shit, Tilly has a new friend. This is all my fault. <laughs> Blaming herself for everything? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> oh shit, Hugh and Smets are back together. This is all my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it would be more like, oh, Hugh died again. This is all my fault. <laughs> only She only blames herself for the bad things. But how is Tilly having a friend a bad thing? I meant if she felt like she no longer had Tilly as a friend, she would feel like, oh, that's all my fault because I, you know, I've been oh. busy doing other things and I lost this friendship that I liked and blah, 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 blah. And not just like, oh, wait, we can both be friends with Tilly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That's fair. So let's see. The next note I have is about Amanda and Sarek. Sarek. I was gonna say Saren, but that's that's a that's an alien from Mass Effect. <laughs> How did you like the scene with Amanda and Zarek? Oh, up? I liked I liked it a lot. But I, at first, when you just see when you hear like a door open, mm -hmm. and you see like the emotion on Michael's face, I was gonna be sure she was looking at Ash. So the fact that it wasn't Ash made this scene very nice. <laughs> So I had that sort of like clouding it, but right. I did think it was good. Okay. Uh, I thought the scene itself was pretty good. Uh, the only criticism I would have is that they're like 
evading Section 31 ships, and somehow the ambassador's ship manages to find them first? I assume a Spock connection mind thing. Not Spock. Fuck Sarek. <laughs> you know, just, just hand-wavy space elf magic. <laughs> right. Space elfy magic. Okay. <sighs> but I did think it was funny that they show up, they hug, and then they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they have to show Michael saying goodbye to everyone. She and Ash do get a goodbye scene as well. Which I actually did not hate. No, it was it was very pretty as well. And, um, okay, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves because it's right. after everybody decides to stay on Discovery with her. Right. To go in, well, so they have the realization that she's not going to be able to come back. Because they're going to overload, they're going to burn out the crystal. Right. And they're still preparing for it. And then Saru, Tilly, Oo, lady with the head injury. Detmer. Detmer, new, new Arium. Nelson. Lieutenant <laughs> <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> watching with, with subtitles does have some benefits. Jen? Yeah. I do watch with subtitles. Do you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. Nate. Names just don't stick in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, You're talking about the scenes where, like, everybody's sort of composing letters. No, well, when they all come and say goodbye, and then, or not goodbye, the opposite. When Tilly's oh, like, no, yeah. we're not saying goodbye. And then they're all like, oh, Spock, too. And then we're staying with you. And most of these people make sense to me, except for a new Arium. She, nobody knows her. She doesn't know anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she's, she care? She's hung out at the cafeteria with them a few times. They, they've been letting her sit at the cool kids' table. Okay, but she has no real connection. I, I just... I know. That one struck me as stupid. That's just, like, contract requirements. Yeah. But then afterwards, Ash pulls her aside, because he was in the group that said, we're going with you. But then he's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. And I really liked his reasoning for staying, and I liked that... Like, I just thought that that was one of the smarter things he's done. Right. Yes. Yes. I, I agree entirely about that i'm slightly disappointed that the relationship isn't ending because of the you know basic philosophical differences that he's okay being with section 31 because of the greater good and she's not okay with that Mm -hmm. but that it's like his principles of doing the right thing are enforcing them to be centuries apart from each other but in a way it's kind of the same because it's he's staying with section 31 so That's I think true. even if they don't end up being centuries apart or whatever, it'll still have the same result. He's going to mm-hmm. stay with Section 31 to monitor and nothing, happening, hap, 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 nothing <laughs> like that happening again. And she's going to stay with Starfleet. So. Yes. Or, the, or stay with regular Starfleet. Yes. And also important because if he's going to be on the new Section 31 show, he can't be in the future. So. Do we have confirmation or is that just us speculating? I think that's just us speculating. Right it? now, it's just me speculating. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't but looked anything up for that. That does. It feels like that's where they're going with him. Yes. Yeah. But I also believed that with the character itself. Like, it wasn't like this was a surprising character turn, which is good. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I thought that their goodbye was nice. It was short. It was mm-hmm. to the point. Mm-hmm. And then we moved on. Yes. I honestly thought this was their best scene together the whole season. Quite possibly, yes. Uh, Yeah. And that is right before we get the the montage scene. Of Of all the goodbyes, yes. Of all the goodbye letters. Uh, I really liked that scene just because it's really bringing up how 
they're focusing or there are more women crew members for them to focus on. I did like it was also just really nicely shot and written and acted. Mm-hmm. And I teared up a bit. Oh, did you? Yeah, because they're saying goodbye to their friends and their family. And it was really well done. Right. Um, they now figure out that Poe's not left the ship. <laughs> right, that she's just on there somewhere. <laughs> and they're like, oh, this is going to be a diplomatic incident for another time. <laughs> Awkward. That they're flinging this planet's queen into the future and probably not getting her back. We've stolen your queen and now would like to begin negotiations for some dilithium crystal recrystallization technology. (laughs) That's not going to go well. I did like Pike's line, though, that that's a diplomatic incident for another time. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Um, They lead up to this whole, hey, now we're going to need a new captain. And Saru's like, we got to talk about this later, dude. And Pike just is like, okay, we'll leave. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be a... Well, I don't know. It depends how it all goes in the next episode. I know, I know. It's going to be... I feel like it's going to be an action-packed ending and that we're not going to really have the dust settling until season three. You know, I was going to say that the who's going to be the captain is going to be a season three discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was actually going to say season two, so I'm glad you said season three first and reminded me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then right there towards the end, they realize that the crystal isn't charging fast enough, and Reno is going to be the one stuck in the room getting future visions. So I think this could go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. They kill Reno. Mm-hmm. She becomes some sort of all-knowing, snarky <laughs> oracle lady. <laughs> I don't know. I could imagine her, like, wandering the halls of Discovery, just, like, shouting things at people. Yeah. That would be so much fun. Oh, my God. Like, a bit like how Stamets was when he was in the Mycelial Network. Yeah, but just, like, I don't know. I just have, I I don't know. I picture her being hilarious and fabulous, as per usual. Yes. So... Are those the two ways you see it playing out? Either she dies or sort of is driven driven to this all-knowing snarky. Okay. Well, I mean, the the snarky wandering the hallways of Discovery shouting people's or shouting at people when they're making bad decisions. She kind of does that anyways. (laughs) That's like my dream, but I don't don't think that's actually going to happen. I think it's like dead or some sort of weird ascension you know that makes her kind of useless as a human being right right i don't want that no neither do i but i don't know if the actress wants to be around for season three right the from what i've seen the majority of the fan base loves her right yeah i mean how could you not she's fabulous i know i know uh one of my notes about the episode in general is I, I want to be like the Oprah of contracts. Mm-hmm. Like you get a four season contract and you get a four season contract. You get a spinoff and you get a spin. <laughs> like just be like, <laughs> you're all fabulous. You get this. You get this. Yes. That would be fun. It would be. That's like my, my dream is like, yes, give, give Reno like a, a contract. I want her on the show. So my question is, I thought mm-hmm. that the whole plan 
was for Discovery to jump into the future. But then at the end, Discovery was preparing for battle? I think what they said was that the time crystal wasn't going to be charged before oh, okay. the okay, Section 31 right, right, right. ships got there. So they had to prepare for battle. And yeah, so next season we are going to get an epic ship battle. Or next, next season. Next episode. Next episode we are going to get an epic ship battle. And I, I hope it's not an entire episode length of ship battle. That would be excessive. Well, no, because they have to finish the plot. Yeah. I think there's going to be a bunch of time travel hoo-ha. Because mm-hmm. we've still got two signals to deal with. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, huh. We know that, you know, somehow the ship ends up being just left somewhere sitting. Right. Yep. I mean, I yep. guess technically that might not happen this season, but I don't think... Because of the changes in showrunners and blah, blah, blah. I don't think they're planning, you know, that far ahead. So, it's, right. I assume it has to be this season. Right. I know at one point in time, and I'm getting my stories mixed up in my head, so apologies. But at one point in time, there was a Star Trek TV show uh, suggested that would be an anthology type of show. Where each sort of season would take place in a different era. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think it was shelved, possibly because of, like, budget constraints. But this is kind of one way of marrying that idea into Discovery, of it being like, they jump to a random time, and now they have a season where they have to figure out a new problem. Right. That could be and fun. And then they do, that ends with another jump to a different era, and they go on from there. That could be fun. It could be fun. It could be very Star Trekky. It would release them from some of the constraints of canon. And they could find Prime Lorca in a very strange way. <laughs> they could, yes. I'm never letting go of this dream. Okay. <laughs> All right. I kind of hoped that the Admiral Lady would jump with them, because I like her. But mm. I guess she has responsibilities and shit. Yeah, and I have a hunch that she might be a recurring uh, guest on the Section 31 show. Oh, okay, that's that's cool, because then at least we're not losing her completely. Yeah, because we've seen her sort of being, like, she was on Leland's ship. She yeah. Like, they do have some Star Trek, um, not Star Trek, they do have some Starfleet oversight right now that might change in the future. We might see her starting to set that up, but she still might be the sort of thing where, you know, every once in a while she comes up in the show. I like the idea of the spinoff sort of being about how Section 31 goes underground. Yes. And maybe she gets to be the admiral in charge of Section 31 since she's had so much experience with it. Yeah, or sort of like Section 31 is going rogue, but every once in a while... to like get their mission done, they have to get Starfleet resources and mm-hmm. they contact her covertly or vice versa. Every once in a while she sees to it that some information winds up, you know, finding yeah. them and they do what's necessary to get things done. Yeah. That'll be good. So yeah, I think that would be cool. Anything else from the episode that you really liked or didn't like or questioned? Oh, the uh, one question mm-hmm. that I'm curious about is right before the end, Tyler tells Pike he needs to do something 
before this starts. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think it's when they're walking to the transporter room for Tyler and Pike to beam away. Tyler tells Pike there's something else I have to do before any of this starts. I literally have zero memory of this. Okay. Okay. So that was the part that I'm sort of a little bit curious about. Like, what is he doing? And, um, made me all like my mind is spinning in a million different ways of how what this could be so the very last note i took was Mm -hmm. reno the real red angel (laughs) i don't know what exactly i meant like if i meant that literally or if i just meant that she was kind of the mvp of the episode right yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah but that was the last note i wrote down although i mean like Pike survived his future vision. Burnham survived her future vision. So just being in the room with the time crystal, I mean, she might see some some interesting stuff, but she might still come out okay. Yeah, 100%. But so uh, she might also be, I don't know, not. Or, mm-hmm. or something. I assume they're, they're not just going to be like, yeah, nothing happened. It was fine. Right. They're right. going to do something with it. Right. Um, I'm also expecting them to do something big with the uh, missile. What's it called? Yeah, the scene that we kept seeing of the the torpedo, torpedo. in the Enterprise. Yeah, so I'm assuming something big is going to happen with that. And, and I guess the point of that scene at the end, though, is that Reno still saw that even though they changed the plan. Right. So they still hadn't changed the future enough to not blow up everybody on the Enterprise. Right. And I mean, Michael is still on the Discovery, which is where she saw everybody get killed by Leland. Right, yes. So Was it? Yeah, I thought so. In her vision, like, he came on the ship and he shot Owo and Detmer and uh, Giorgio, and that made her really mad because she saw, you know, her her captain getting shot again kind of idea. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember thinking, why were they all there on the bridge? But I don't remember noticing if it looked... Like Discovery. Right. Because it is the Enterprise that gets shot with the torpedo, right? It is. It is. Yeah, okay. And Michael saw that in her vision as well. Yeah. Um, But she is also still ending up in the same place where she saw all that happen. Right. So they haven't changed the future yet. Well, let's hope they do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, everybody's going to find out in a few days from when we're recording this, so... It's not too far off. This is true. Which is why I'm like, there's like a whole bunch of predictions I have, but in a couple of days, we'll find them all out. <laughs> so I did want to go back to something from last week where I mm-hmm. was mentioning that Ken Mitchell has now played three characters in uh, Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. And there was an actor who I couldn't remember who had also played multiple things. Mm-hmm. And the actor was Jeffrey Combs. And we had a chance to look it up, and I can't remember who all the characters were, but he has played a total of eight characters. Jeez. Across various Star Trek series. He was in Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. That's too many. That's, I mean, a few of them were like one episode walk-on roles. Right. Where he's in like creature makeup. But he he was one of the good parts of Enterprise. I will say that. 
And if the show hadn't gotten canceled, he was apparently going to be more of a regular for the next season. Ah. Uh-huh. So. Well, I guess that's it. I mean, we'll have more to talk about, I think, next week when we get the wrap-up of all the things that started in this episode. I think so, too. This episode was a bit of just like a big crescendo. And next week, I think, is going to be lots of action. Yeah. And and hopefully things resolving. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, do you have any recommendations? I uh, I do not. I'm just going to... You're just going to not? I'm just going to not recommend anything. Okay. It's been basically work and study. That's what my life has been the last week. So you recommend studying when you have a test? I, I do recommend studying when you have a test. My That's husband fair. took the test already. It was like three solid hours of uh, of typing. That sucks. So I get to do that in a couple days. Um, so my recommendation is, I mean, I'm sure the whole world knows Game of Thrones came back this week. Yes. And I'm not recommending that because if you want to watch it, you're watching it. But (laughs) if you are watching it, I do recommend a podcast called Still Watching Game of Thrones, where (laughs) in the lead up to it, they sort of recapped the like 15 essential episodes beforehand. And now they're going through and doing a discussion on each episode this season. And it's really good. Each, like, the podcast bit of it is really short. And then they have an interview with a cast or crew member. And it's it's um, Joanna Robinson and some dude. But they're they're pithy and funny, and they, they don't take it too seriously, and they just have a good time. So if you're looking for a fun episode recap, some discussion about theories, but not, like, too in-depth and no book spoilers, really... Because one of them hasn't. Oh no! I guess they have both read the books. They don't really get into the books. They try to stay on the TV show. It's a, it's a good quick quick listen. Cool. Has it been going on the whole time Game of Thrones has been, or is it just starting for this final it, season? They just started with the fifteen recap, uh, fifteen essential episodes. Okay. And so Joanna Robinson, this is her third uh, Game of Thrones podcast. So if you want like some more deep dives, she's got some other really good podcast also like um storm of spoilers oh okay i've heard of that one and she does one other one that i forget mm-hmm. and in like storm of spoilers they books tv shows holy crap theories you know they really dive into it so right. i haven't listened to that one so i don't i can't recommend it but uh, joanna robinson's really great so and that's my recommendation this week if you're into the game of thrones scene cool cool okay okay so that's it for this week Thank you for listening. Join us next week when we will be talking about the season two finale. And if you have any questions or comments you would like to share with us, you can contact us at a command of her own at gmail.com or at command of her own on Twitter. And you can check out some of the screen captures I'm sharing on Instagram.com slash a command of her own. And that's it. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.